0: Chapter Eleven of Literary Taste How to Form It by Arnold Bennett This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Timothy Ferguson. Literary Taste How to Form It by Arnold Bennett. Chapter Eleven An English Library Period One. For much counsel and correction in the matter of editions and prices, I am indebted to my old and valued friend, Charles Young, head of the firm of Lamley & Co., booksellers, South Kensington. For the purposes of book-buying, I divide English literature not strictly into historical epochs, but into three periods which, while scarcely arbitrary from the historical point of view, have nevertheless been calculated according to the space which they will occupy on the shelves and to the demands which they will make on the purse. 1. From the beginning to John Dryden, or, roughly, to the end of the seventeenth century. 2. From William Congreve to Jane Austen, or, roughly, the eighteenth century. 3. From Sir Walter Scott to the last deceased author who is recognised as a classic, or, roughly, the nineteenth century. Period three will bulk the largest and cost the most not necessarily because it contains more absolutely great books than other periods though in my opinion it does but because it is nearest to us and therefore fullest of interest for us i have not confined my choice to books of purely literary interest that is to say to works which are primarily works of the literary art literature is a vehicle of philosophy morals science religion and history and a library which aspires to be complete must comprise, in addition to imaginative works, all these branches of intellectual activity. Comprising all these branches, it cannot avoid comprising works of which the purely literary interest is almost nil. On the other hand, I have excluded from consideration one, works whose sole importance is that they form a link in the chain of development. For example, nearly all the productions of authors between Chaucer and the beginning of the Elizabethan period such as gower hockleave and skelton whose works for sufficient reason are only read by professors and students who mean to be professors two works not originally written in english such as the works of that very great philosopher roger bacon of whom this isle ought to be prouder than it is to this rule however i have been constrained to make a few exceptions sir thomas more's utopia was written in latin but. One does not easily conceive a library to be complete without it, and could one exclude Sir Isaac Newton's Principia, the masterpiece of the greatest physicist that the world has ever seen? The law of gravity ought to have, and does have, a powerful sentimental interest for us. 3. Translations from foreign literature into English. Here, then, are the lists for the first period. Prose writers. Bede, Ecclesiastical History, Temple Classics, one shilling and sixpence. Sir Thomas Mallory, Morto de Arthur, Everyman's Library, four volumes, four shillings. Sir Thomas More, Utopia, Scott Library, one shilling. George Cavendish, Life of Cardinal Wolsey, New Universal Library, one shilling. Richard Hacklett, Voyages, Everyman's Library, eight volumes, eight shillings. Richard Hooker, Ecclesiastical Polity, Everyman's Library, two volumes, two shillings. Francis Bacon, Works, Noon's Thin Paper Classics, two shillings. Thomas Decker, Gull's Hornbook, King's Classics, one shilling and sixpence. Lord Herbert of Cherbury, Autobiography, Scott Library, one shilling. John Selden, Table Talk, New Universal Library, one shilling. Thomas Hobbes, Leviathan, New Universal Library, one shilling. James Howell, Familiar Letters, Temple Classics, three volumes, four shillings and sixpence. Sir Thomas Brown, Religio Medici, etc. Everyman's Library, one shilling. Jeremy Taylor, Holy Living and Holy Dying. Temple Classics, three volumes, four shillings and sixpence, Isaac Walton, Complete Angler, Everyman's Library, one shilling, John Bunyan, Pilgrim's Progress, World's Classics, one shilling, Sir William Temple, Essay on Gardens of Epicurus, King's Classics, one shilling and sixpence, John Evelyn, Diary, Everyman's Library, two volumes, two shillings, Samuel pepys diary everyman's library two volumes two shillings total two pounds one shilling and sixpence the principal omission from the above list is the paston letters which I should probably have included had the enterprise of publishers been sufficient to put an edition on the market at a cheap price other omissions include the works of caxton and wycliffe and such books as Camden's Britannia, Asham's Schoolmaster, and Fuller's Worthies, whose lack of first-rate value as literature is not adequately compensated by their historical interest. As to the Bible, in the first place it is a translation, and in the second, I assume that you already possess a copy. Poets. Beowulf. Routledge's London Library. Two shillings and sixpence. Geoffrey Chaucer. Works. Globe edition three shillings and sixpence, Nicholas Udall, Ralph royster Doister, Temple Dramatists, one shilling, Edmund Spencer, works, three shillings and sixpence, Thomas Lodge, Rosalind, Caxton Series, one shilling, Robert Green, Tragical Reign of Salemus, Temple Dramatists, one shilling, Michael Drayton, Poems, Noon's Pocket Classics, eight shillings and sixpence, Christopher Marlowe, works, New Universal Library, one shilling; William Shakespeare, works, Globe Edition, three shillings and sixpence; Thomas Campion, poems, Muses Library, one shilling; Ben Jonson, plays, Canterbury Poets, one shilling; John Donne, poems, Muses Library, two volumes, two shillings; John Webster, Cyril Tournier, plays, Mermaid Series two shillings and sixpence philip massinger plays cunningham edition three shillings and sixpence beaumont and fletcher plays a selection canterbury poets one shilling john ford plays mermaid series two shillings and sixpence george herbert the temple everyman's library one shilling robert herrick poems muses library two volumes two shillings edmund waller poems Muses Library, two volumes, two shillings. Sir John Suckling, Poems, Muses Library, one shilling. Abram Cowley, English Poems, Cambridge University Press, four shillings and sixpence. Richard Crashaw, Poems, Muses Library, one shilling. Henry Vaughan, Poems, Methuen's Little Library, one shilling and sixpence. Samuel Butler, Hudibras, Cambridge University Press, four shillings and sixpence. John Milton, Poetical Works, Oxford Cheap Edition, two shillings. John Milton, Select Prose Works, Scott Library, one shilling. Andrew Marvell, Poems, Methuen's Little Library, one shilling and sixpence. John Dryden, Poetical Works, Globe Edition, three shillings and sixpence. Thomas Percy, Relics of Ancient English Poetry, Everyman's Library, two volumes, two shillings. Arber's Spencer Anthology, Oxford University Press, two shillings, Arber's Johnson Anthology, Oxford University Press, two shillings, Arber's Shakespeare Anthology, Oxford University Press, two shillings. Total, three pounds, seven shillings, and sixpence. There were a number of brilliant minor writers in the seventeenth century whose best work, often trifling in bulk, either scarcely merits the acquisition of a separate volume for each author, or cannot be obtained at all in a modern edition. Such authors, however, may not be utterly neglected in the formation of a library. It is to meet this difficulty that I have included the last three volumes on the above list. Professor Arbour's anthologies are full of rare pieces, and comprise admirable specimens of the verse of Samuel Daniel, Giles Fletcher, Countess of Pembroke, James I., george peel sir walter raleigh thomas sackville sir philip sidney drummond of Hawthornden, thomas heywood george wither sir henry Wootton, sir william davenant thomas randolph francis quarles james shirley and other greater and lesser poets i have included all of the important elizabethan dramatists except john marston all editions of whose works according to my researches are out of print in the elizabethan and jacobean periods talent was so extraordinarily plentiful that the standard of excellence is quite properly raised, and certain authors are thus relegated to the third or excluded class who in a less fertile period would have counted as at least second class. Summary of the first period: nineteen prose authors in thirty-six volumes costing two pounds, one shilling and sixpence, twenty-nine poets in thirty-six volumes costing three pounds, seven shillings, and sixpence. Total, 48 authors in 72 volumes, costing five pounds, nine shillings. In addition, scores of authors of genuine interest are represented in the anthologies. The prices are gross, and in many instances there is a 25% discount to come off. All the volumes can be procured immediately at any booksellers. End of chapter 11 Recording by Timothy Ferguson, Gold Coast, Australia.